Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. An Oklahoma City family is searching for a unique heirloom a necklace featuring an image of Jesus. The circumstances surrounding its loss are also unique. News 9 Steve Shaw is live at the Oklahoma City Police Department with why thousands of dollars in cash is involved with this as well. Steve. Carl, a police report is involved in this, and this is a story, folks, that I'll do my best to try to explain. This is Elizabeth Trahill, and that's $3,000. If, you, if you've already pawned it, I will buy the pawn ticket from you and give you the remaining balance. If there's an issue of trust, um, however you want to do it, I'm perfectly willing to do whatever you need to do just to get that necklace back. Elizabeth says she gave her husband, Sonny, this necklace for their fifth wedding anniversary 20 years ago. It's a 14-carat rope chain and a big 14-carat Jesus. It's like he's hanging there in midair. It's one-of-a-kind necklace. There's no easy way to say this. Sonny lost Jesus in Night Trip's Gentleman's Club. Truehill says her husband got sick and lost his bearings here late Friday night. When she picked him up around 1.30 Saturday morning and took him home, neither one realized what else he lost. Elizabeth says Sonny is downright sick. He lost a 20-year family heirloom but there are 3,000 reasons to give it back. They said that there was, hadn't been a couple there. They happened to leave shortly after. So, and then that was it. And- um, Is there surveillance? There, there were, he said where he was sitting, there is no cameras over there. Whoever's got that necklace, you will find the True Hills cell phone number right now by going to the News 9 app. Live on the scene on the story outside the police department, Steve Shaw. Now, if you've never been to Foundations Church, um, we are glad that you're here. And today the title of my message is Jesus, uh, excuse me, excuse me, Sonny left Jesus at night trips. Favorite title of all time, Sonny Left Jesus at Night Trips. I, I find it interesting Sonny's not on the video, right? I think Sonny might be dead. Like, Sonny may have no teeth. Um, there's, <laughs> there's so much to this video um, that we don't have time, and I'm going to try to stay on track today. Um, I really need to stay on track today, but... Um, when, when one of our church members, Mike Howard, sent this to me, um, he sent me this, and I go, I can preach that. Like, I can, I can, I can, 
you watch, I can preach the mess out of this today. And he was like, no way. And I'm like, I got this. Like, so um, here's what I would say is that hopefully, hopefully none of you have left Jesus at night trips. Hopefully, right? Um, I've, I've never been to that kind of establishment before. But if you have, if you have left Jesus at night trips, you couldn't have picked a better Sunday to come to Foundation Church. Right? So, so, like, there's no judgment here. We're glad that you're here. We're glad that you're tuning in. And this is the most I have ever said night trips in one message or in my entire life. But, but here's what I want. Here, here's where we're going with this is that I think all of us can agree when, when the reporter says Sonny was sick that he left a family heirloom. I'm like, you didn't just leave a family heirloom. What are you doing taking Jesus to night trips in the first place, right? Like, hey, no, it's cool. I'm a Christian, right? Like, why? why? Okay, okay, cool, cool. And, and I think we can all agree Sonny didn't mean to leave Jesus, right? Like, he didn't mean, <laughs> he didn't mean to leave him at night trips. He didn't mean to lose them at night trips. That, it was a pure, total accident that that happened, right? I think we all could agree, and there's all kinds of other things we could agree on as well, but we agree on that point. And here's what I can tell you is that Sonny's not alone. Maybe he's alone in leaving Jesus at night trips, but Sonny's not alone in leaving Jesus somewhere we didn't intend to leave him. Right? And sometimes we start living life and sometimes we get going and before we know it, our relationship with Jesus doesn't look like we know it should. Right? And somewhere along the line of living, it's like Jesus got left somewhere. And it wasn't his doing, it was all us. And here's what I would tell you, Sonny's not the first one to leave Jesus somewhere actually happened in the Bible. In Luke chapter 2, this is our text today, in Luke chapter 2, verse 41 through 52, it says this, every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. And after the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy, Jesus, stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. They left Jesus in Jerusalem. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. When they did not find him, which is in the evening, right? When they didn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking questions. He's hanging out in a way better place than Sonny did, right? And so... Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers, and when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he was saying to them. And then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And here's the first thing I want us to understand from this text. And there's going to be four things, four things that we take from this text. But the first one is this. Losing track is easier than you think. Sometimes it just happens. Right? Like, like here, here's what we know from the context of this story is that Joseph and Mary, 
didn't mean to lose Jesus, right? Like they go a day outside of Jerusalem. They've, they've just gone to like this, this really great church service and they're coming back from Jerusalem from this church service and they're traveling with friends and family and this caravan and they're walking and they probably assume that Jesus is hanging out with his friends, right? And like doing all this thing, just being a kid and they get to the evening and they start searching with their friends and family and Jesus is nowhere to be found. And they've traveled a day outside of Jerusalem. It takes them a whole evening to realize they've lost Jesus, and, and, and it's not just that they lost him for three days. They've lost him for a day to, to day's travel from Jerusalem. It takes them a day to get back to Jerusalem, and then they're searching this huge city for a 12-year-old boy. Now, you have watched Home Alone. I am sure, I am like convinced that every one of us have probably seen Home Alone. And we think, how could you leave your kid home alone? Can I tell you, this makes what happened to Kevin look like a pansy. I mean, like, like you left this 12-year-old boy in a city. And let's be honest, this isn't just a 12-year-old boy. This is Jesus. If I'm Joseph and Mary, I don't know what to do at this point. I don't know if I should pray. Like, should I even ask God for help? Because, I mean, like, this is God's one and only son. You did what? <laughs> right? Like, you had one job, Joe and Mary, and, and here's the deal. I, it, it, there's no, there's, it's not recorded. There's no way there wasn't a fight between Joseph and Mary. And the reason I know this the reason I know this is because this is the last time we hear of Joseph ever in the Bible. It is. They had a fight and Joseph went away. <laughs> and they're searching for three days for the Son of God. And it's not like you can be like, hey, can you make another one? Like, can you just, you got any other sons you can, no, 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 no. And here's what we find out is that losing track of Jesus is easier than what you might think. Sometimes it just happens. How many of you have, it's okay, maybe your spouse doesn't know this, yes? How, how many of you have lost your child for uh, like five minutes or more? Yeah, pretty good turnout. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Casey, you better raise your hand right now. I'm just saying. <laughs> So one of us has lost a child, and it's not me. <laughs> I love telling this story, and she hates it when I do. So when Chloe, our youngest, was really small, um, they went out blueberry picking and blackberry picking. Um, her, Charlie, Chloe, um, Casey's with uh, some other friends from the church, and they're going out. And if you know anything about blueberry and blackberry, I mean, there's hedges, and so um, all the kids are going, and they're picking, and they're, they're picking some blueberries and moving on. And if you've gone blueberry or blackberry picking, you eat as many as you pick, right? That's what you do. Like, I know, you're like, that's a sin. I know, that's why we keep praying. Um, but, so, so the, the kids are picking all these blueberries, and, and, and the kids move off, and, and Casey's keeping up with the kids and the friends. However, Chloe didn't move along, right? Chloe stayed put while everybody else moved on. And it's not like she was a five-day journey from Chloe or anything like that. Like, she's not doing a whole Joseph and Mary thing. But she couldn't find Chloe for about 10 minutes. And Chloe's small, and so she's 
like jumping and hurtling. I really would have loved to have seen this. Hurtling all the different hedges, yelling for Chloe, screaming for Chloe, until finally she gets close enough where she hears Chloe yell, Mom! And Casey yells, Chloe! And it's like this Hallmark movie, and they jump, she jumps the hedge, and they're both crying like, I found you, right? Like, and there's this beautiful moment that's happening, and now anytime I can, and when I talk to Chloe, I'm like, hey, Chloe, who's your favorite parent? And she's like, I don't know. And I'm like, who's never lost you? Who has never lost you, right? Who loves you the most? Anyways, um, and, and here's what happens, right? You know this, you can lose track of your kids really, really easy. And what I would tell you is this, you can lose track of Jesus really easy. It happened to Joseph and Mary. And for a lot of us, it's happened to us. For a lot of us, it's not that it was anything bad. We just got busy. We got busy living and in all the rushing around and going and doing things and, man, doing this and trying to accomplish this and achieve this, your personal relationship with Jesus just took a back seat. And, and, and the reality is you, you know this. I know this. Your relationship isn't where it really should be because you, you just kind of drifted. There's nothing personal. It wasn't any, like, big, massive fallout. You just you just. Drifted and where you're at isn't where you know you should be. All right, for others of us, you got hurt by church. All right, you got burned by church people. You got talked about by church people. You got hurt by a pastor. You got hurt by a staff member. Can I tell you, welcome to the club. I'm there with you. As a pastor, I have been hurt by other pastors when I was a staff member. I've been hurt by church people. I, I get it, and it happens. And as a pastor, let me say, if that's what's happened to you, man, I hate that, and I am sorry, but you can't allow that to make you lose track of your relationship with Jesus. For others of us, it's been real hurt. It's been life, and you're dealing with loss, and you're dealing with anger, and you're dealing with divorce, and you're dealing with fallout, and what your life should be isn't what it is, and you're upset, and you're angry, and that bitterness has driven a wedge, and somewhere along all the feelings and all the disappointment, Jesus got left behind. And others of you, you know exactly when it happened, because there was a huge mistake. There was a huge screw-up. You did something, and you felt so bad, and you felt so anxious, and you felt so guilty, and so much shame that you're like, man, I, I, can't, I can't, can't, can't do this anymore. See, losing track is easier than we think. It just kind of happens over time. And, and, and here's the thing. Most of us watching online, most of us here, we know better. But here's the second thing I would tell you is this. is just because you know better, it doesn't ensure that you will do better. Just because you know better doesn't ensure you'll actually do Joseph and Mary knew better than to lose track of Jesus. Right? This is, you got one job, this is the one thing. Like, they knew better than to lose. This was a big deal. Sonny knew better than to go to a place where there are no cameras. <laughs> lose track. Come on, Sonny, man, come on. Some of us, the simple reality is we, we know better. We, we know better, but that doesn't ensure we'll do better. 
And every week, every week, I lose something I know I know better than to lose. And it is my phone, and it is my keys. Every stinking week. And, and here's what I know. You, you don't have to tell me this after service. Well, if you put them in the same place every time when you go home, you'll never lose it. I know, I know better. I know that. That is a great idea. But can I tell you, and my wife can attest, and my girl, when I come in the house, it is like an eight-year-old boy. All my stuff goes everywhere. There's just a trail of clothes going to the room because I'm getting in my sweats or my shorts as fast as possible, like as fast as humanly possible. And so my, my, my phone's somewhere, my keys are somewhere, and then I need to find it because if you want to see a teenager freak out, wait till they can't find their phone. Where's my phone? Where's my phone? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my life sucks. You know, like, I can't find my, like, just been without it two minutes. It's okay. Like, it's going to be all right. Like, whew. And when we can't find our phone, like, here, I'm always like, hey, Casey, can you call my phone? About once a week this happens, and it's always on silent, right? And then so you got to do, find my iPhone, and then you make everybody shut, everybody shut up. <laughs> Be quiet. I got to find my phone, right? And we're like, ping. <laughs> it's like trying to find the smoke alarm that's going off, right? The one that's chirping. You're like, which one is it? Which one is it, Right? And we're searching like with, with urgency, just like Joseph and Mary were searching with urgency to find track of Jesus, right? When I can't find my phone, I've got a tile that's supposed to help me locate my keys. It doesn't work. I still can't find him. And I know I've got another set of car keys, but I don't want that set of car keys. I want this set of car keys, right? Because it has my, my, my settings on my truck with this set of car keys. You understand? The struggle is real. And here's what I know. I look passionately for these things every week when I lose them. And here's what happens. Many times we look more passionately for our phones or our keys than we do our relationship with Jesus. We do. And we know we, 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 know we should do better, but that doesn't ensure anything. It doesn't ensure that you're actually doing better. You just know something needs to change. That's where Joseph and Mary are. They know, they know something needs to change. They know that they've got to do better. They know that there's, they, they can't keep doing this. They can't keep letting Jesus stay lost or stay losing track. So what do they do? They do two things, and they do two things that you and I, if we're actually going to do better, and not just lose track of Jesus, but get this thing back on track that you and I have to do. And the first thing is this, is that you got to get honest about where you are and what has happened. you got to get honest about where you are and what has happened. We go back to our text, right? Joseph and Mary have traveled a day outside of Jerusalem. Can I tell you, nothing's going to get better for them by them saying, I'm sure he's around here somewhere. You know, let's just, let's just keep going another day and hopefully he shows up, right? <laughs> we, we hope this works out, right? Like, that's like you losing your kid at the grocery store and hoping they just hop in the car with you when it's time to go. Hopefully they see us walk out the door and we'll just get their favorite cereal and be like, here, Joey, come on, right? Like, like and hope that he follows us and leave a, a trail of Captain Crunch to your car. Like, that's not a good plan, Right? Like, like them just hoping that it works out and that it gets better doesn't mean that it's going to get better. They had to get honest about what had happened and where they were. Right? They had to get honest. Hey, we've lost Jesus. <laughs> we lost track. This is actually 
happened. Can I tell you, me as well as every stubborn man in here, I am the chief at getting lost but not admitting it. I'm the chief at going five more minutes. Hey, I, I know it feels like we're lost, but if we go five more minutes, we're going we're gonna to be in a sweet spot, right? Don't pull Siri up. I don't need her, right? I don't need a woman telling me where to go. Like, I got this. And, and, and I am the chief of going, the, uh, uh, just staying lost. Because here's the deal. Me refusing to admit I'm lost just gets me more lost. And you and I refusing that Oh, it's not that bad. I mean, my personal relationship with Jesus, you refusing to admit what's happened and to admit where you are, it's not going to help you get found any faster. And the Bible says this in 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 through 9. It says, if we say we have no sins, if we say we're not lost, if we say we haven't messed up, if we say we haven't screwed up, we deceive ourselves. We're only fooling ourselves. And the truth isn't it. We're not telling the truth. We're lying to ourselves. And some of us, we are great at this. The only person we're conning is ourselves. But if we confess our sins, right, you admitting where you are and what has happened is a great way of saying you start confessing what has happened and what has occurred. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. That's the truth. That if we will admit what's happened and where we are, then something better can happen. Every week I'll lose this right here, my wedding ring. Still the same wedding ring that I got married with over 20 years ago, all right? And I haven't lost it, I misplace it. It's a big difference because I know it's in the house, right? And every week I have to ask, you need to pray for my wife, right? Every week I ask Casey, I'm like, hey, have you seen my wedding ring? And it's like been a few days. I'm starting to get nervous. I'm like, I may have lost it this time, right? And she's like, yep, it's at the kitchen sink. I was wondering where you were going to ask. I'm like, okay, thanks, babe. I'll never take it off again, I swear. I don't really need a wedding ring because you're right here with me all the time, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> happened two days ago, right? Like, hey, have you seen my wedding ring? Hey, yeah, I've been wondering when you're going to ask. It's by the bathroom sink. I'm like, okay, at least you know I clean my hands a lot, right? So um, I'm like, oh, okay, thanks, babe. And, and here's the deal. The reason I have to come to a place where I finally ask, because I've been searching on my own, and I can't find it. And she's just waiting for me to ask so she can help me. The same thing's true for your relationship with Jesus. Because you may have lost track of him, but hear me, he's never lost track of you. you. You may have lost track and you feel like you've lost Jesus. Oh, no, 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 no. He's never lost track of you and where you are. And your first step has to be coming to a place where you confess. You just admit what has happened and where you are. The second thing is this, is that the wrong direction won't get you to the right destination. you got to have a turnaround moment. Right, the, the wrong direction won't get you to the right destination. At some point, Joseph and Mary had to turn around. They couldn't just keep going the same direction and expecting a different outcome. They had to turn around, 
from the way they were going so that they could go find Jesus. And it says they looked for him frantically, anxiously. They were passionately looking for Jesus and where he was and where they had left him or where he had gone, right? And the same thing is true for you and me. We can't keep going the same direction and thinking that we're going to arrive at a different destination. Can I tell you the right direction brings you to the right destination, but the wrong direction brings you to the wrong destination that you don't want to arrive at. And is the road you're going down right now, is it leading you to the life you want to live? And even bigger than that, is it leading you to the life God's called you to live? Because that's way better than you just going the direction you want to live your life. Is this the direction God has called me to go with my life? Because the direction you are heading is doing one of two things. It's either leading you closer in a personal relationship with Jesus or it's leading you further, right? It's either leading you closer to Jesus or leading you further away from him. And in Acts chapter 3, verse 19, it says this, now repent of your sins and turn to God. Repent is literally turning direction. So we've got confess and repent, right? That, that the, the, the same direction is not going to get you to the right direction. But you got to turn to you got to repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. This is what repentance is. It's that you stop going this way so that you can go the direction God's calling you to go. I say it this way all the time. It's easy to meet Jesus, but it takes effort to follow him. Right? Meeting Jesus is easy. Everybody could meet Jesus in the Bible, but very few followed him. And it's not just about being a meter of Jesus. It's about being a follower of Jesus. And a lot of us, we love Jesus. We're just not following him. I've never met somebody that just hates Jesus. I hate Jesus, right? right? I, I'm, I guess I've never met a Satanist. But, I, I mean, I just haven't. Like, even Sonny loved Jesus. I mean, Sonny brought Jesus everywhere he's going, right? Like, Sonny loved Jesus, Sonny's problem was Sonny wasn't good at following him. You love Jesus, but are you following him? Because here's what I have found out is that there is a before and after effect of meeting Jesus and following him. That your life looks different after you've encountered Jesus and you've started following him. Right? You guys have seen it at the beginning of the year. All these diet fads are going everywhere, and they show you the before the diet and after the diet, and I'm not ripping on anybody. I think it's great, fantastic. I'm all for people getting in better shape, right? Um, I think all of us probably have these moments, and I've shared mine way too many to keep using my old photos, so I have asked for help in this before and after moment. And I'm going to show you a picture of a gentleman that is in service at this very moment. Um, Right here is his first photo. Can anybody that doesn't know, like some of you have full info, do you know who this is? Any guesses? Adam Crisp. Adam Crisp, yes. Whoever said it, that is Adam Crisp. Adam Crisp now looks like this, right? Here's what I call this. It's the before and after Nadia effect, right? Like you in the Bible, you have before Christ and after Christ, right? Like this is... Like, they were high school sweethearts, and Adam knew he had to get his game going if he was ever going to get Nadia to go on a date with him, because there's no pictures of Nadia with him in his squinty glasses going, (laughs) right? There's an effect that happened when he met Nadia. Like, he looks a lot better. Boy, get it. Adam, that's what I'm talking about. 
See, sometimes it's obvious and sometimes it's not so much. Because there's a picture of Robin Fisher. And Robin doesn't look that much different. But I love what she said when she sent it to me. She goes, mine's not as obvious as maybe all the other ones. But she said, you got me thinking about my old me. The smile looks happy, right? But no. I'm a wife who had a husband who cheated on her and divorced her. I started spending my kid-free time at bars. I mean, what else is there to do? And she rolled her eyes, right? Spent the next three years in a toxic relationship with a functional alcoholic. But man, how my life has changed. I'm so grateful for Dustin and Eric inviting me to church every week and even more grateful for the week that I finally showed up. And this is a picture of Robin now. Not, there's, there's, see, what I love is you probably wouldn't see the difference that's been made. And some of us, we've got everybody fooled. We can smile, we can look, we can play church with the best of them, we can call, talk Christianese with all of them. Say the right things, look at the right things, know when to say amen, and yet inside our life, our personal relationship, we know it's not where it's supposed to be. But our smile can hide a lot. Some of us, were here today, and the only way it gets better is for you to come to a place where you admit where you, what's happened and where you are, and you start changing direction. Not by you playing games, not by you hoping that it gets better, but by you understanding, man, God's got a better way for me to live. And here, here's the truth, and this is the awesome promise that Jesus says. That for you that are mad, for you that are angry about life, for you that are disappointed and you feel like you got ripped off and you're done and you're not following because all these things happened and it's not fair, hear me, this is what Jesus says in Matthew 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. And today you may be here, or maybe you're watching online, and you say, Justin, you know what? I, I don't know how to get back on track. All you got to do is ask. That's it. All you got to do is truly seek, and you just got to knock on the door. Because he hasn't lost track of you. And that's a way better way for your life to be lived out. Because God... He didn't say that it was going to be easy. He just said it'd be worth it. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. I thank you for today, and I thank you for your goodness to us. That, Lord, you're patient. Lord, you, know, you don't want us to feel this anxiety and this stress and this guilt and this shame that so many times we carry around. But, Lord, there's freedom from that. There's freedom from carrying that kind of weight and that kind of burden. Lord, it's found when we finally turn from the life we're living and start chasing after the life you have for us. So God, I just pray that in this place, in this moment, that we get really honest. We wouldn't act like we're living a life we wish we were living we're at a place with you that we know we should be, but Lord, we would just get real about where we're at today. 
Because, Lord, until we get real, real change can't happen. And so, Lord, I pray that in this moment, there'd be a finding moment that happens. That finds you once again. Because, Lord, you see us and you haven't lost track of us, but we would find you once again. And that you'd change us. With heads bowed and eyes closed, today if you're here, that's you. I'm just asking you for five seconds of being really real. If that's you, where you're at isn't where you should be. Doesn't matter what's happened, doesn't matter what's occurred, but where you're at isn't where you should be. Whether you're here in person or you're home, watching online, I'm going to count to three, and all I want you to do is raise your hand. And we're going to lead you in a prayer to change it. To get back on track. And to get your relationship where it should be. This is your knocking moment. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today you say, yep, 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 yep. Man, I don't even know how many people have raised their hands. Is there, is there anyone else you just say, Justin, that's me? Yeah, there's hands up all over this place. Is there anyone else you say, Justin, that's me today? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is there anyone else you just say, Justin, that's me? Man, that's me, yeah. Man, it's, it's not about playing games anymore, right? It's just about being real about what has happened and where we're at so we can make a mid-course correction and get going the direction that leads us to the destination that your soul is starved to get to. Is there anyone else before we go any further? And you just join these tons of different hands that have been lifted in this place. Is there anyone else? You just say, that's me. That's me. Is there anyone else before we go any further in service? If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. And I confess I've sinned. I've messed up. And where I'm at isn't where I should be. But I ask for your forgiveness. And God, I repent of the life that I was living. I turn away from it. And I turn to you. I ask that your grace and love would enter my life. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to follow after you and live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.